Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 58 of The Life of David Brainerd by Jonathan Edwards. After this, having perhaps taken some cold, I began to decline as to bodily health and continued to do so till the latter end of January 1747. Having a violent cough, a considerable fever, an asthmatic disorder, and no appetite for any manner of food nor any power of digestion, I was reduced to so low a state that my friends, I believe, generally despaired of my life. And some of them, for a considerable time, thought I could scarce live a day. I could then think of nothing with any application of mind and seemed to be in a great measure void of all affection and was exercised with great temptations, but yet was not ordinarily afraid of death. Lord's Day, February 1. Though in a very weak and low state, I enjoyed a considerable degree of comfort and sweetness in divine things, and was enabled to plead and use arguments with God in prayer, I think, with a childlike spirit. That passage of scripture occurred to my mind and gave me great assistance. If ye, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? This text I was helped to plead and insist upon and saw the divine faithfulness engaged for dealing with me better than any earthly parent can do with his child. This season so refreshed my soul that my body seemed also to be a gainer by it. From this time, I began gradually to amend. As I recovered some strength, vigor, and spirit, I found at times some freedom and life in the exercises of devotion and some longings after spirituality and a life of usefulness to the interests of the great Redeemer. At other times, I was awfully barren and lifeless and out of frame for the things of God, so that I was ready often to cry out, Oh, that it were with me as in months past. Oh, that God had taken me away in the midst of my usefulness with a sudden stroke that I might not have been under a necessity of trifling away time in diversions. Oh, that I had never lived to spend so much precious time in so poor a manner and to so little purpose. Thus, I often reflected, was grieved, ashamed, and even confounded, sunk, and discouraged. February 24, I was able to ride as far as Newark, having been confined in Elizabethtown almost four months, and 
the next day returned to Elizabethtown. My spirits were somewhat refreshed with the ride, though my body was weary. February 28 was visited by an Indian of my own congregation who brought me letters and good news of the sober and good behavior of my people in general. This refreshed my soul. I could not but retire and bless God for his goodness and found, I trust, a truly thankful frame of spirit that God seemed to be building up that congregation for himself. March 4. I met with reproof from a friend, which although I thought I did not deserve it from him, yet was, I trust, blessed of God to make me more tenderly afraid of sin, more jealous over myself, and more concerned to keep both heart and life pure and unblameable. It likewise caused me to reflect on my past deadness and want of spirituality and to abhor myself and look on myself as most unworthy. This frame of mind continued to the next day, and for several days after, I grieved to think that in my necessary diversions, I had not maintained more seriousness, solemnity, and heavenly affection and conversation. Thus my spirits were often depressed and sunk, and yet I trust that reproof was made to be beneficial to me. March 11, being kept in Elizabethtown as a day of fasting and prayer, I was able to attend public worship, which was the first time I had been able so to do since December 21. Oh, how much weakness and distress did God carry me through in this space of time. But having obtained help from him, I yet live. Oh, that I could live more to his glory. Lord's Day, March 15, was able again to attend public worship and felt some earnest desires of being restored to the ministerial work. Felt, I think, some spirit and life to speak for God. March 18, rode out with a design to visit my people, and the next day arrived among them, but was under great dejection in my journey. On Friday morning, I rose early, walked about among my people, inquired into their state and concerns, and found an additional weight and burden on my spirits upon hearing some things disagreeable. I endeavored to go to God with my distresses and made some kind of lamentable complaint and in a broken manner spread my difficulties before God. But notwithstanding, my mind continued very gloomy. About 10 o'clock, I called my people together and after having explained and sung a psalm, I prayed with them. There was considerable affection among them, I doubt not. In some instances, that which was more than merely natural. 
This was the last interview which he ever had with his people. About 11 o'clock the same day, he left them, and the next day came to Elizabethtown. March 28 was taken this morning with violent, griping pains. These pains were extreme and constant for several hours, so that it seemed impossible for me, without a miracle, to live 24 hours in such distress. I lay confined to my bed the whole day, and in distressing pain, all the former part of it. But it pleased God to bless means for the abatement of my distress. Was exceedingly weakened by this pain, and continued so for several days following, being exercised with a fever, cough, and nocturnal sweats. In this distressed case, so long as my head was free of vapory confusions, death appeared agreeable to me. I looked on it as the end of toils and an entrance into a place where the weary are at rest and think I had some relish for the entertainments of the heavenly state so that by these I was allured and drawn as well as driven by the fatigues of life. Oh, how happy it is to be drawn by desires of a state of perfect holiness. April 4 was sunk and dejected, very restless and uneasy, by reason of the misimprovement of time, and yet knew not what to do. I longed to spend time in fasting and prayer, that I might be delivered from indolence and coldness in the things of God. But alas, I had not bodily strength for these exercises. Oh, how blessed a thing it is to enjoy peace of conscience. But how dreadful is a want of inward peace and composure of soul. It is impossible, I find, to enjoy this happiness without redeeming time and maintaining a spiritual frame of mind. Lord's Day, April 5. It grieved me to find myself so inconceivably barren. My soul thirsted for grace. But alas, how far was I from obtaining what appeared to me so exceeding excellent. I was ready to despair of ever being a holy creature. And yet my soul was desirous of following hard after God. But never did I see myself so far from having apprehended or being already perfect as at this time. The Lord's Supper being this day administered, I attended the ordinance, and though I saw in myself a dreadful emptiness and want of grace, and saw myself, as it were, at an infinite distance from that purity which becomes the gospel, yet at the communion, especially during the distribution of the bread, I enjoyed some warmth of affection and felt a tender love to the brethren, and I think to the glorious Redeemer, the firstborn among them. I endeavored then to bring forth mine and his enemies and slay them before him, and found great freedom 
in begging deliverance from this spiritual death, as well as in asking divine favors for my friends and congregation and the Church of Christ in general. April 10. This day, my brother John arrived at Elizabethtown, spent some time in conversation with him, but was extremely weak. This brother had been sent for by the correspondents to take care of and instruct Brainerd's Congregation of Indians, he being obliged by his illness to be absent from them. He continued to take care of them till Brainerd's death and was soon after ordained his successor in his mission and to the charge of his congregation. April 17, in the evening, could not but think that God helped me to draw near to the throne of grace, though most unworthy, and gave me a sense of his favor, which afforded me inexpressible support and encouragement. Though I scarcely dared to hope the mercy was real, it appeared so great, yet could not but rejoice that ever God should discover his reconciled face to such a vile sinner. Shame and confusion at times covered me, and then hope and joy and admiration of divine goodness gained the ascendancy. Sometimes I could not but admire the divine goodness that the Lord had not let me fall into all the grossest and vilest acts of sin. April 20 was in a very disordered state and kept my bed most of the day. I enjoyed a little more comfort than in several of the preceding days. This day I arrived at the age of 29 years. This concludes episode 58 of Jonathan Edwards, The Life of David Brainerd.